Venivores, a podcast about hunting for people who don't hunt, or haven't hunted, or haven't hunted much, want to learn, or want to learn. Feel that tingling in the back of my neck. You have to be there. You have to be there. You, you don't know it at the time, yeah. you know, but it sticks with you all your life. And you you don't experience those things unless you are a hunter. Welcome back to the new Venivores podcast about hunting for people who don't hunt or people who are interested in hunting or people who are new to hunting um, or people who are interested in outdoorsmanship uh, where we take myself, Tony Martinson's experiences as a newer adult onset hunter or coming back to hunting um, and put them on the internet for you to listen to and uh, hopefully help uh, in your same same pursuits. Um, so I'm Tony Martinson, and with me is Adam Miller. I'm the co-host of uh, this show, which was Tony's idea once upon a time, and it's going <laughs> very well. We're up to, I don't even know what episode we're on now, but... Well, it's in the double digits. Yeah. Yeah, so it takes two... I don't think the episode number really matters. It's the it our content that we're putting out, and that we're being helpful with people and staying on tap, like staying on topical stuff. So. Exactly. And I could sit and talk about how I bumbled around in the woods by myself like an idiot as much as I want, but without you here to tell me and guide and uh, through that guide all the folks that want to listen, uh, that's what makes that's, that's where the uh, rubber meets the road, as it were, for us here. So thanks for listening. Um, here we are. Do you have a good Memorial Day weekend? Uh, well, I mean, so, I saw fam, you know, went, uh, hung out in northern Minnesota at the cabin. Oh, good. Uh, you know, so that was all good. The fishing was not good. Uh, yeah. It was cold and rainy and... Sure was. Um, the mushroom hunting was not good either. Yeah. Which was a bit frustrating because I thought I had a really good spot. It's but, a little far north, though. You're well, pretty far north here and, uh, it's been a slow season here in Minnesota. It was a late starting season here as well for morels. It's been uh, cold. And cold, yeah. Because of, because of the cold, it was a kind of a late start. Like I've nor like I've found morels as early as May 10th. Yeah. Um, I don't think they really started kicking off here until probably about May 23rd. Um, yeah. Sounds like when most people really started hitting them, and then I was traveling, and you know, and the mm-hmm. um, so I just so I missed the initial onslaught. But so basically, what happened this year is, um, you know, we've discussed this a little bit before. Is the dandelions lied? Yeah, they did here too. And, actually, yeah, the dandelions lied, but the lilacs told the truth. Okay. So. Fair enough. That seems so, about right here too, actually. That's now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. So that's a good piece of information for um, going forward. So I, I did make it out today, yeah. and I found about a pound of them, including nice. some of the biggest ones I've ever found. Yeah. And I actually found a new pattern hmm. that I had previously not considered, and 
where I found the bulk of my mushrooms, morels today, actually. And it was so unusual, mm. so uncharacteristic of morels that, like, my foraging mentor, like, didn't believe me when I told him. Mm. <laughs> I had to actually send him a picture and be like, this is the species of tree I found him around today. And he, like, he was flabbergasted. Like, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of it. Really? I just kind of things weren't really working i tried something on a whim and all of a sudden boom so i learned something pretty Crazy. significant today and now i might be able to get out one or two more days this spring but it's kind of it's not looking good with the work schedule and right some volunteer work i got coming up for bha this weekend that's so, backcountry hunters and anglers right correct yep, yep. And so, but next year, I've got one hell of a plan. <laughs> you got that, you got really that ace up your sleeve. That. Nice. Hmm? You've got that ace up your sleeve. I do now. Well, I have talked before about how I follow uh, forums and stuff online for this. Uh, and one of them has blown up this year. In fact, it went from a private group to a secret group because it's mm-hmm. so huge now. Um, and people are kind of getting a little salty at each other on there and, um, it was it was an interesting little thing that happened. The internet is a highlighter for the extreme opinions in the world, right? But uh, with that, I suppose people started giving away spots that other people didn't appreciate. Well, people were being shitty to each other about it. Like, so the rules on the group are you have to make an attempt to identify, right? And if yep. you're going to ask for an identification, you have to provide like what county you're in. Uh, what the conditions were that you grew, you saw growing in, identify what it was growing on, you know, like that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can give people a little bit, like try and take a spore print, you know, so you can give right. people, the experts on there, like uh, provide some good pictures, you know, uh, so mm-hmm. you can give the experts that are on there a little bit of something to go off of because, I mean, it's can be serious business trying to identify fungus that you right. found and in you- the woods, right? And so and you want to show effort to people that right. appreciate effort. So. Right, exactly. And there's no small amount of effort involved in foraging, especially morels. They're notoriously elusive, right? So um, there were a I've lot. probably covered over 10 miles of hiking this year. Yeah. Like, and you found finally it. found some today. But I started oh, way wow. too early. So because right. the dandelions lied. Well, and also, um, there it just got to be a lot of pictures of mushrooms that just that were blurry poor pictures that said are these pheasant bags and it's and then people got trolly about that and the internet did its thing with that sort of thing and it kind of got out of (laughs) hand but i noticed Mm -hmm. that same thing around here too we had a couple of sort of like false start days around when i would have expected it to start in like uh, Mm -hmm. earlier in this month of may um and we had a couple of really hot days after well, hot for the time, but like, you know, into the 80s in early May mm-hmm. uh, after some long, long soaking rains. And I was like, here we go. They're going to start jumping out of the ground. And then it, mm-hmm. it immediately turned into the 50s and 60s and rainy again and mm-hmm. sort of teased us there. But uh, from what I'm seeing, I'm seeing more photos and posts and action on the forums actually like right now than I have ever right. before. So I yeah. think maybe that slow burn to the season might be helping the volumes a little bit. And the size. There's, of there's been years actually. where yeah. like we're, we're recording on May 28th. Yeah. And like there's years where it's over already, yeah. you know, you know, but this year, like it's, it's been about a week now 
Um, you know, and it, it's probably going to go really quickly because it's going to get super hot here. Um, yeah. Or not super hot, but it's going to get really warm here finally seasonally, and um, morels don't do good in the heat. They'll start so. drying out quick. Yep. yep. Drying out and shriveling. So, but, and, you know, you know, put in a lot of effort this year, learn some stuff, and then actually, as a, again, building my own database of information with this spot I tried in Minnesota yeah. uh, Sunday or whatever day it was, um, I found a huge raspberry, wild raspberry, blackberry patch. I don't know exactly what they are just yet. They got to wait till them to fruit. But yeah. um, there's a good chance I'm going to be fighting the bears for those this fall. So you, you, you like, Probably like a five-acre patch. So. There are a lot of wild <laughs> raspberries in certain places, especially if you go further north in Minnesota. Yep, I'm pretty excited about. Nice. And blackberries are like blackberries are my favorite berry. They're the, they are the, the superior berry. You and my and wife. I'm hoping that's what these are. So yeah, nice, awesome. So that's cool. I actually uh, yeah. So the conventional wisdom is right for morels. At least they like standing dead elms or elms in distress, right? Generally because, speaking, because the mushroom itself is actually the mycelial network underneath the soil that is sort of uh, symbiotic with the root systems of the trees, right? And mm-hmm. that organism senses that it's in danger when because it needs the trees, right? So when the tree mm-hmm. is distressed, the fruiting body is the actual what you think of as the mushroom, and it, yep, the, when it's the mushroom is the fruit. It sends that out to disperse spores so it can essentially procreate because its host is distressed, right? So that's the conventional wisdom. But I've been seeing, too, this year that uh, people are finding them in all sorts of crazy spots. And, you know, I they say don't read comments, but I read the comments all the time to get the information, especially about morels, right? And mm-hmm. it's uh, a lot of good information in there. And people are like, yeah, everyone says look for elms, but I found them on every damn place in the whole forest you just got to look everywhere which is really makes it even more impossible actually like because i must have checked on hundreds of dead trees not hundreds but you know Mm -hmm. tens of standing dead trees and there's there's definitely a correlation to elms aspens yeah um, that's another good one um and then this part of the country a lot of guys say cottonwoods yeah um you know, and, and, and so a cottonwood's, a cottonwood's kind of a poplar, you know, type deal. So, you know, and I know poplars mm-hmm. are a thing. So, yep. I mean, yeah, there is a little bit of, uh, what's the word? It, it's not a perfect science. No. Yeah. It's not like you find dead elm and no, or I'm, dying elm and boom, you're going to have morels. Right. You know, that's just not how it works, unfortunately. Notoriously so. difficult, actually. Mm-hmm. And so... I actually found my very first morel just yesterday. And mm-hmm. I was convinced that they didn't exist in the wild, and everyone was just pulling my leg on this whole thing. And uh, I found my first ones. So they do exist. Um, so what it was was I was actually on the mushroom forums, and uh, I have had a bit of a slow start to my spring turkey season, right? Um, because mm-hmm. of time constraints and uh, I actually you know I wasn't able to secure some 
private land permissions where, you know, you can talk to the guy and be like, oh, yeah, they live down on that field, out on that side and all that stuff, right? Uh, You were, you said? I was not. So I had to do the work on the public land, right? Mm -hmm. Which, after trying to navigate that whole thing myself, I absolutely understand better now why a public land hunt is seen seen to be as sort of more prestigious right depending on the uh people that you talk to right it's kind of a little bit more of a seems to be a point to be proud of right is getting it done on public land right because even to begin with to find to navigate through the different types of public lands as far as state parks county parks wildlife management areas versus wildlife refuges versus federal land forests land versus national parks uh and i mean depending on the type of public land they might allow hunting under certain circumstances and in certain time frames and in certain places um so to cut through all that and find a place for me where i could be confident that i wasn't gonna get myself in trouble wandering around with a shotgun or sit and post it up with a shotgun was in itself a learning experience right like, especially here around the uh, metro area, there's a lot of rules around the public land where you can and can't hunt. So mm-hmm. um, navigating through that to even find a place to go, I felt proud of myself. You know what I mean? Um, right. So I've had a slow start because I'm trying to do the public land thing. Um, and I was on one of these mushroom forums and a guy posted on there, uh, you know, slow start to the turkey season but i had stumbled across these and one of the comments because i read through the comments one of the guys said well if you want to know where to find turkeys i stumbled across someone some public land dm me Mm -hmm. and i felt like it was kind of a bold move because uh, i still don't trust the internet and strangers on the (laughs) internet Um, and so i slid into the guy's dms if you will I was like, hey, man, <laughs> I'm having a slow start, too, and I know I don't know you, but if you're giving away turkey spots, man, like, I could use some tips because I'm new to this, you know? And mm-hmm. I felt like it was, you know, no shame in trying, right? Like, <laughs> right? It's, a tip is a tip, right? And yeah, I think I don't... you might be relying a touch too much on technology, but we'll get to that. Well, that's fine. <laughs> a tip yeah. is a tip, and it's no different than sitting in a bar and having a conversation with a guy as far as I'm concerned. You're right. Yeah. Um, And like, if I'm trying to learn, I'm not too proud to learn anywhere that I can. Right. So the dude was like, all right, call me. And I was like, well, uh, I mean, you can't just like, (laughs) let's get a little further than I thought it was going to, but I called the guy up and it turns out like we had a chat and I like to think I'm pretty decent at feeling people out. Right. And he didn't mm-hmm. seem like weird or anything. And we chatted a bunch and seemed like a really nice guy and, you know, gave some tips and sent me some pins through the messaging. And I was like, well, shit, you know, it's worth a try. <laughs> you know, I'm not doing anything else otherwise. Uh, mm-hmm. So I try to do a little bit of uh, like Google mapsing and uh, Google earthing the area and stuff. Right. So try and find some places that I, thought the turkeys were relating to right which mm-hmm. as far as i understand it and anywhere i've actually ever seen turkeys in the wild is 
relating to like clearings and open spaces, like coming out of cover and into clearings, right? Is kind of where you're going to. You're so you, you've, you kind of stumbled on it without actually naming it and it's edge species. Is okay. What you're looking for. Yeah. Okay. So they're, and I mean like it's kind of the same places that you would and not necessarily, I mean, you look for deer on like game trails in the forest and stuff too, but in like more agricultural mm-hmm. land and stuff, they, I would set up with good sight lines out to open areas, but that have readily available cover. Right. And especially in mm-hmm. agricultural places and stuff like that. That's, I think for turkeys, that's probably where they can get out in the open and relate to each other a little bit for deer. And there's also probably food out in those spaces more readily available mm-hmm. than under the canopy of forest cover. Right. Um, right. So I tried to find some clearings and stuff like that, but like I had never been down to these places cause they're a little, they're down South of me on the other side of the Metro mm-hmm. at least pretty far. And so I'd never been down there. So I thought like I'd find some places I didn't, do the part where uh, you show up before sunrise and find your spot and sit in your spot and call them in, right? Because I had no idea what I was going to be walking into. Mm -hmm. So I thought that I would, so I figured if I didn't have like a solid plan like that, it probably wasn't worth it to be there before sunrise because then I'm just stumbling around in the dark trying to find a damn place, right? I'd, I'd agree with that, yeah. So I thought that I would get down there and uh, sneak, put the sneak through the forest up to some of these open spaces and maybe see if I can spy some birds out in some of these open spaces or along those edges and uh, maybe set up and rip some calls out and see if I can get them to get curious and come closer or potentially do a combo of that and maybe putting the sneak on him a little bit and seeing what I couldn't get done. Right. And I mm-hmm. figured worst comes to worst. I at least have 100% more information than I had before I even went down there. Right. And so that was sort of my plan. And so I went down there to, I eat to one of the public land spots. Um, and it was down I'm probably giving up more than I should, but it was down along the Minnesota river and that is so flooded. It's insane. And, mm-hmm. um, it turns out some of the spots where it had a lot of topography going on and all that stuff. And there, it was all washing out and it was pouring rain that day. And I was like, I'm not going to sit at home. I'm going to go figure this out. Damn it. If I have to sit <laughs> in the rain, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, I did some driving around and I found some clearings and stuff and I didn't, I put the sneak on around a bunch of them and there were no birds to be found in there for me, or at least I couldn't find them, you know? Um, so I decided to wander through the forest a little bit, see what I couldn't see, came across some pheasant backs, uh, probably about the size of the keyboard on your computer was the biggest one. Um, and so I, or what I thought were pheasant backs and some smaller ones growing on a twig. So I grabbed some of those. And then I went to a couple other, or another clearing, right, that I thought that I knew about and went to uh, kind of sneak in on that one, see if there was anything out there, rip out some calls, see if I could get something to gobble back at me, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And that was to no avail. So I was like, well, there's some other public land around here. And, you know, I thought I would maybe go at least figure out what was going on, scout it out, bring a gun 
if I come across something, put the sneak on it. You know what I mean? There you go. Um, and so I was driving out of this public land, and uh, one thing that I do, and I probably shouldn't, but I do, is when I'm sort of bouncing spots in a vehicle like that, is I'll take the shotgun and set it muzzle down, right, next to my seat, and then just sort of half open the chamber with the shell in there so that if you come across something quick, all you got to do is pop out, pull your gun out, slide that pump right back, and you're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a very uh, Western thing. Uh, I don't know if that's 100% legal in Minnesota. You might want to I don't check think that. it is. Um, you know, the uncased weapon, unless you're actively hunting, is not uncased loaded weapon, unless you're actively hunting, is not the best thing. Um, but... And I shouldn't do that, but, you know, I do sometimes. And <laughs> so, I mean, I never do that if there are any game wardens listening. I would doubt if there are, but we have had some interaction <laughs> with some state officials, so I don't do that. That's something that I've heard my dad do before, and it hasn't <laughs> happened for decades. So, I may or may not have been driving out of this public land and may or may not have realized that I hadn't quite yet put away my shotgun and so I was like, well, shit. And, you know, I was guzzling coffee because I had a wedding earlier and, you know, the day before. And I had mm -hmm. to piss pretty bad. So I stepped out of the car, pulled over on a, you know, minimum maintenance road, pulled the shotgun out, ejected all the, uh, all the rounds, all the shells, put it in the trunk in the pouring rain and stood next to my car and started to take a piss. And I looked down and I was like, oh, I'm pissing on a toad. Or almost pissing on a toad. And then I was like, that's not a toad. That's an Arrel. <laughs> and I just about took a piss on the thing. <laughs> and I got real excited. Just about pissed on myself. I was so excited. And, uh, and like got down on there and was like looking around and stuff, you know. And sure as hell, there it was. And then so then I spent the next at least 45 minutes making very small concentric circles and picking my way carefully through the grass and the ditch and up the ditch and all that stuff to find a solid handful of morels up there. So not all was lost. So that's, well, there you go. I just about took a piss on the very first morel I ever found in the wild. <laughs> but it was okay. delicious. It was delicious. So, so then... As far as looking for turkeys, you know, uh, bopping around in between the public land, I was kind of, you know, in some pretty back county rural areas, right, with a lot of farms and stuff in there and lots of farm fields that were separated by a lot of shelter, right, which is, as we said, creates a lot of edge for edge species. So I was kind of keeping my eyes open, right? You know, if I spot a flock way out in the middle of a field somewhere, again, no, the what uh, you know, I could go to the closest house and see if it's theirs, and you know, maybe make something happen. You care if I sneak around in your dang shelter lines in the pouring rain and see if I can put the sneak on some of these turkeys? You know what I mean? What What are they gonna do? Say no? Mm -hmm. Okay, <laughs> then I'll just continue on to what my plan was on the public land. You know. So I, uh, sure enough, did see a couple of big old birds out in the farmer's field. 
So I pulled over and pulled up the knockers, the binoculars, and looked at him, and sure as hell, perfect. See if I can sneak around, put the sneak on him, you know what I mean? Mm. And uh, so I went to the closest house. The thing about this uh, particular field, though, is I had just been driving by it, and there were the most uh, posted signs that I think I have ever seen on one piece of property. <laughs> specifically where I saw all these turkeys. I was like, damn it. Well, you know. And I mean, like, I was kind of trying to read the situation, right? Like, if there's uh, that many posted signs, like, the last thing I want to do is, like, just piss off that person, right? And I'm, like, not afraid of getting a gun stuck in my face, but when it's, like, no trespassing, absolutely no hunting, like you know, the most posted thing I've ever seen. It's an organic farm. It said like no spraying, absolutely no hunting. You will be persecuted, all this stuff. Right. I went to the house and there was a no trespassing sign on the driveway. So I parked out on the like road and was kind of like looking to see if I could see any activity around the place, you know, because it was the only damn turkeys I've seen all spring, <laughs> you know, like I'm going to ask. Plus I figured, <laughs> I had handfuls of morels in my trunk. Maybe we can make a little bit of a deal. <laughs> I mean, if you bring something, if you bring something to the table, right? But I was really like kind of second guessing myself. But there were two houses. One was super posted, and one and looked kind of you know not as well kept as the other one. Uh, mm -hmm. And I kind of try and read that situation a little bit too. You know, having grown up around the areas where we grew up, you can kind of read the property a little bit to see how welcome you're going to be there sometimes <laughs> you know what i'm sometimes. saying and i can get feel for it well and you there's you can always absolutely be dead wrong about that too absolutely both ways so um so i made my way up to the house and knocked on the door and nobody answered i don't know if they ignored me or if there was nobody home but i didn't really try that hard to get anyone's attention on the hyper posted uh you know in my full camo on the hyper posted place. But then I went right across the road to the other house that it also could have been their field and, mm -hmm. uh, knocked on that door. And this old boy came to the door and I was in full camo and I was like, introduced myself, said, Hey, you know, and I was like, uh, pointed across the road and I was like, is that your field over there? And he was like, Oh no, 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 that one's not mine. That belongs to the house across the road. And I was like, Oh, well, I'm kind of having a hell of a time turkey hunting here. I'm new to the whole deal, and I'm trying to figure it all out. And saw a couple of big old birds out there, and I was, you know, hoping to get a hold of the person that could tell me no to my face, you know, or that I could ask if I could go take a poke at him. And, like, he laughed at me and was like, oh, God, don't go over there. <laughs> I was like, well, he's... And I was like, you know, why? Because I was like, well, would it be like putting myself in danger to go over there? You just think they'd say no. And he's like, well, you're not in any kind of danger. But if anybody in this whole county would tell you no, it'd be them. And I was like, well, shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Thanks anyway. And he's like, well, you know, I got a couple of boys out in my backfields. Otherwise, I would tell you you could take a stab in my fields. And I was like, well, I appreciate that. But I don't want to really go out there and bump anything they've been working on all day you know so 
I appreciate that, but I think I'll keep moving on. I got a couple other spots. So well, that's a good guy to keep in mind though for next year, you know? Yeah, and he's right off of the public land, so I'm sure like of course there are guys hunting on his land and it's probably not the most pressured public land in the state because uh mm-hmm. it didn't come up on a lot of my searches. I once I saw it I like was like, oh, you know, I should have looked at that, but you kinda gotta look for it. And uh, but I'm sure it gets more pressure than private land, especially a private organic farm that's that heavily posted. Probably the only place in the area the birds could get some breeding in. You know what I mean? So that was my adventure. Yeah. Came home with a handful of morels and some pheasant bags. Um, oh, and then I was driving uh, into the city, the closest town, to get a slice of gas station pizza and some more coffee, and. Uh, <laughs> Saw another bird in the ditch, like hit the binders, you know, mm-hmm. and it also disappeared into like directly behind a posted sign into like an old pickup truck junkyard off into the woods. And the closest house that, to that looked like it was falling down. So I was like, well, those are the only birds I saw. But I have a lot more information about the county and the area and all that stuff. So, uh, I'm happy to build that database of all that knowledge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's my story. Well, it's a good story. It was, uh, it was interesting. I got out there, but uh, then I went to another little bit of public land uh, that I'm actually sticking in my back pocket for uh, fall uh, waterfowl hunting. Okay. Uh, because it was a super swampy area and I went trudging around through there. And of course it was raining cats and dogs. Um, so it was water just pouring through this whole place, but it was swampy and, uh, there was a lot of wetlands around there and I saw like a light goose, like snow geese coming and going even now. So maybe next year spring, like goose season, or it would be, I'm sure a good stopover for ducks in the fall. So I'll keep an eye on that. Definitely. That's kind of strange that you saw snow geese. You don't usually, I mean, they're anything that's migrating. They should be way North by now. Not saying there isn't because there's actually like a resident population that hangs out by, I think it's Jamestown, North Dakota right yeah. now that just stopped and they didn't decided not to fly North anymore, but so it's definitely possible. They flew like um, geese, they honked like geese, and they were definitely very Oh, white. I absolutely believe you. It's just, it it makes me wonder if there's like a changing, changing pattern. Because up until yeah. the last couple of years ago, I've, I've never heard of snow geese staying anywhere south of like, the, you know, the U.S.-Canada line. Yeah. Ever. There's definitely <laughs> some geese coming and going out of this swamp pond that was full of rushes and cattails and stuff. And I was like, well, shoot. Mm-hmm. That's a good that's indicator. public land too? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you're going to want to hold on to that piece of information. <laughs> yeah, get some good waiters and get there before sunrise for sure. And uh, Right. So now you kind of have place. an idea where you're, where you're going, you know, so you can, yeah. you know, Google Earth that, get your access points. Yeah, know, no, figure I, out I parked the easiest way to for this, yeah. Yeah. Figure out the easiest way to hump in like forty pounds of decoys, and <laughs> I—I mean, when I was there and I was walking through it, and I was like 
there's no turkeys in this area. <laughs> you know, this is not <laughs> turkey habitat. I was like, well, shit, I might as well at least figure out what I can do. Come, I was like, this is waterfowl habitat. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, might as well stomp around in it and figure it out. You know, my boots are still wet, but right. got it figured oh, out. A boot dryer is one of like the best pieces of money I ever spent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so... Anyway, we're telling stories. That was that was the spring update, <laughs> I suppose. Right. So you're going to go out and hit more morel spots, or are you done for the year? Um, I will go out and hit more morel spots. Okay. Uh, I've got... You probably have about a week left. Yeah. So. Well, and I saw, too, um, I'm starting to see people finding chickens, actually. Wow. That's uh, really early for chickens. Yeah, and it's south of me, because I get some information on, like, Iowa and stuff in this area. Um. <laughs> So it might be like northern Iowa counties post on that, but it's kind of cool to watch the mushrooms come in waves, like from south to north. You can, if you're tracking it from Iowa up through the southern counties right. of Minnesota, you can see when it's probably going to hit you. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I was a little worried about those pheasant bags, actually, uh, because I have not done my information on uh, identifying them closely, mm-hmm. like I have for morels. Um, but as it turns out, they're one of what people consider to be the, uh, foolproof four, right? So, which would be morels, pheasant backs, lion's mane, and chickens. So, but yeah. In your area, yeah. In my area. Yeah, so I will, uh, yeah, I'll be keeping an eye out. That's something I just like to do recreationally through the season to get chanterelles and lobsters and chickens and hens and, you know, kings and all that stuff popping throughout the year. Count yourself amongst the, the very lucky if you find a lobster. Those are yes, pretty rare. <laughs> um, but now that I have the information about like to even consider looking for those sort of things, just when you're out and about in the woods, you know, maybe you stop the car and take a piss and find a lobster. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, the great thing about those, um, like the bright colored ones, like literally folks, if you don't know what a lobster mushroom is, like Google it, it's like a bright red, like this thing sticks out, Yeah. you know, <laughs> and like chicken of the woods, which is a bright, like orange yellow. Again, it sticks out. Yeah. So if you have the right stands of trees, like you don't have to walk it. If you have a good set of binocs, like you can cover half of that. Anyway, you can't see the backside of the tree, but you know, you might get a pretty good indication of what's out there. So that's a, a good set of binoculars um, worth the money. And I'll just always have binoculars with you. Just never not yeah. leave home without binoculars. Yes. <laughs> Keep your binoculars always. Yes. <laughs> so, so anyway, it kind of sounds like, I mean, you, I would, I would consider you had a pretty successful spring then, man. I mean, you, you found, I mean, you got a little bit of turkey knowledge. You may have a lead now. Yeah, you know, and on sure. top, you know, you found a few mushrooms. You know, not, I mean, you know, which, you know, not just everybody does that. So, right, right, <laughs> you know, definitely. So, no, I would think so too. As far as like a building year, like I've this is the first time I've ever like made an attempt to even try and figure mm-hmm. out how to find turkeys. Right, it, it was just never on my radar before. You know, we were always. Mm-hmm. upland game and deer hunters so mm-hmm. and that's it so it's interesting and i still have uh our season closes on the 31st so i still have a couple of days um based on the information i found there's some public land north of me here 
and I'm going to try and make it so I can, uh, on Friday mornings I work from home, but I think I can, sunrise is what, 5.30? I think I can find a spot and try the right method um, of getting out there before sunrise, humping out to the spot on the edge of the clearing and put in a couple hours, see if I can get lucky before uh, I have to come home and go to work. <laughs> and I mean, you Man, don't... that sounds brutal. <laughs> well, whatever. You when don't... do you run? When do I run? Uh, yeah. After this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so you so whenever you can, like you don't have a scheduled running time or what? Um. Well, I run three days a week, two shorts and a long. Plus, I try and swim the cross train and weight train two or three days a week. Also, it's very intense, but I do it in the evenings usually. That is that is intense. I have been. Uh, well, hiking a lot, looking for <laughs> looking for yeah. mushrooms. So I guess that's been my my workout as of late. Well, when so. I was when I was humping through that swamp, I was like, "How am I winded right now? This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm training for a marathon. This is I'm irritated, but it's a different kind of winded. You know, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's different. This yeah. energy conservation is not working hard when you're running for long mm-hmm. term. But I did my uh, twenty miler. On Friday morning, um, got it in in three hours. So I think I'm. Is set. that like the last step before? Yeah, that's the longest one I'll do. This yep. week my long run is ten, and then eight, and then six, and then race day. And then it's boom, twenty. Yeah. Boom! You just tack on six point two to that twenty, and yeah. totally easy. When I was doing <laughs> it, I was like, "Oh, fourteen miles. Okay, uh, this is the last six. Pretend this is your last six. You know, so." Well, I think the good thing is, like, you're going to be running, like, with people. Right. So, I you treat, know, that, yeah. that'll push you. Yeah, and I treat it like a dress rehearsal, too. I put on exactly what I think I was going to run in and exactly what I, uh, you know, did my nutrition, how exactly how I thought I needed it to go. And it actually was pretty easy. It was pretty easy. So, I mean, <laughs> relatively easy because I prepared well for it. And so I think I've got my method down, so. Well, good. Yeah. Yeah. Then I can finally like pay attention to fishing and stuff <laughs> instead of <laughs> taking hours yeah. and hours and hours out of my week to just run and don't stop. You know what I mean? Oh, I just don't even. <laughs> it's an interesting experience. I did it because it's different than anything I've ever done before. It's me against myself, you know? I get, I get it, I guess, and I, I think one of these times I'm, I'm like, I think I'll run a tough motor with you. I don't think yes. I'll spend a lot of, I don't have to talk you into that really. Nope. But just a straight run doesn't appeal to me much. You know, it, it does not use any of my, my natural attributes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I am, I'm not built to be a runner. I would not <laughs> we disagree with natural you. Natural sprinters. I would respectfully not disagree with you. Um, when people say that to me though like doesn't running just suck and i go yeah that's the point yeah do something that sucks you know right Mm -hmm. and like it's interesting the mindset like when i got up on yesterday morning to go out into the woods and it was raining Mm -hmm. i was like well i'm not gonna not go you know so just get used to being wet and cold i guess you know just right. set your mind to being wet and cold and once you go okay once you just accept it it was actually really enjoyable and like one of the more productive trips i've made out into the wilderness since ice fishing you know what i mean 
Right. So they don't cancel the races either because it's wet. No. <laughs> so they're running in the rain. Yep. Running in the rain. There's so. a lot of like uh, mountain type fitness challenges I'd like to try too. Like mm-hmm. where you go like on a trail run and then have to like do a target shoot, you know, and then have mm. to like do a trail run with a pack, a loaded pack. Which is kind of that, dangerous, but yeah, that reminds me. Um, I'm going. Me and my dad will be going down to Terry Peak oh, in yeah. South Dakota here Black Hills, in yeah. like three weeks. Yeah, almost four weeks. Um, and we'll be doing the archery shoot there. Oh, so nice, cool. That is where they take you up the mountain, a ski lift, I guess, type deal, and yeah. then like you like hike down the mountain and like shoot at targets from like steep. Uh, ranges and um and like long distances so that would really gear up a hunting season i'm kind of kicking around the do- idea of giving a little t-shirt giveaway nice for that like i might make up you know a handful of new venomers t-shirts and awesome. if you spot me wearing a new venomers t-shirt i can probably give you a free t-shirt but i gotta see if i can get them made i guess so hell yeah Let's but that'd it. be pretty sweet so that's that's the thing that's coming up on my radar right now. So, what about those blaze um, orange underwears? Do it in your blaze orange underwear and hand those out. <laughs> if you spot me in blaze orange underwear going down Terry Peak, something very bad has happened. And, <laughs> There's something uh, that's trying to eat you, chasing you, and you should also yeah. run. You should you should call the authorities. Call an adult. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone off the rails. Yes. <laughs> so yes anyway so you had some morels did you have it with any wild game or what uh no because i i went and got a ribeye is what i did beautiful ribeye okay. cooked that thing up sauteed those mm-hmm. morels up got some asparagus um i only had ground uh wild game like ground mm-hmm. venison and i was like i could make it with like venison burgers and do that but uh I kind of lazied out of it, to be dead honest. <laughs> I went to the store, got a ribeye, cooked that thing up, and then uh, plenty of butter, pan-fried the morels. And uh, then those pheasant backs, I see why people kind of hate on them because they're a little chewy. And when you're like putting them up against a morel, the flavor leaves something to be desired. Um, yeah. They're also called Dryad's Saddle, I guess. Uh, but And they're not not good, but... They're not morels. Um, right. So I sliced those up real thin and cooked the life out of them with uh, some asparagus too. And uh, mm-hmm. just had that. And it was everything that everybody says it is. <laughs> They're amazing, wonderful, earthy funk. It's the definition of umami. The word yeah. umami. Like it is the most yeah. closest representation that I have of that. Only in like the most delicious way i have a morel mushroom sauce recipe i'll get to you it is to die for on steak so yeah wild or or domestic i was i was really uh enthusiastic and optimistic about uh having them with a turkey that i had harvested that day as well but that didn't come together for me. So, but <laughs> now I have a hell of a day, man. More inspiration. It gives you something to shoot for though. Yeah. Yeah. And more inspiration, more, uh, I'm definitely hooked on the morels. And like I said, like it turned, had I not 
been turned hip to mycology by you personally. Thank you. I, uh, mm-hmm. oh, I also stumbled across a giant patch of fiddlehead ferns out there. And nice. they were, they're developed now. They're not the little shoots that mm-hmm. you eat, but I like dropped a pin on those definitely on my on X app. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll be back here next year, you know? So yeah, you learned a ton. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, I mean, and that's all basically boots on the ground and effort. And like, had it I, didn't, had it it didn't require radar, anything special. <laughs> yeah. And had it not been on my radar and had we not been talking about this and had I not been paying attention to what else is out in the woods, it would have mm-hmm. just been not finding turkeys and getting soaking wet and probably having kind of a bummer of a morning and day. Mm-hmm. But it turned into like a good dinner and a ton of information and places that I can go back to year in and year out where those things grow. Right. Oh yeah. That's like that blackberry raspberry spot that I found. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be valuable information for like the next decade. Oh, for sure. So for sure. You know, so awesome. Yeah, for sure, man. All right. Well, what are you looking forward to, uh, for the summer and fall? I got my boat working again. Nice. I got my elk tag in the mail yesterday. Oh, um, yeah. Or late last week, I should say. No, maybe it was just. Montana know, elk sometime. tag, right? Got my elk tag. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the Terry Peak thing. And then to start, uh, um, like I said, I haven't been in the gym. I've been just hiking, you know, throwing yep. out a pack and cover some miles to looking for morels, but that's just about over. So now it's time to really hit the gym hard. Uh, awesome. More, you know, weight training and yeah. running stairs and what have you. So Always fishing, I, right? And then they're fishing, yeah. yeah. It's time to – I did find a – I actually took my dad out a couple weeks ago, and we did really well on walleyes. Nice, so, nice. Yeah, we're just so – we'll be doing, doing that again. So We got the Hopefully boat get the kiddos the out this year and – Huh? Nice, nice. I said we just got the boat in at the lake too, so we're looking forward to that too. And uh, getting the kiddos out for sure. Try and find some time to get everybody up there. Uh, Minnesota is expanding its elk hunt this year, and so I am absolutely putting in for a Minnesota elk tag this year. So yeah. that might be, uh, I mean, chances are slim, right? But you can't win if you don't play, so... That is true. And you get points either way, so I'm looking forward to that. And then fall season. Fall season everything. So, uh, so yeah, what was your last wild game meal, man? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, my last wild meal was the ribeye and morels and pheasant backs and asparagus okay. that I had. That was my last wild meal. So I'm going to call it that. That's what I'm going to call it. Because those morels. Yeah, we'll count that. That's first wild forage morels. Okay. I'm not gonna not talk about that and take credit for that. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. What was yours? Um, mine was uh, I had a smoked wild turkey breast uh, sandwich on Sunday, I think, from the turkey I shot this spring. I. Had, so part like half the breast I did in uh, like a turkey schnitzel a la oh, meat eater recipe, which is fantastic by the way. I highly, highly recommend that. Nice. But like the thick end, like towards the top of the breast, I did Hank Shaw's uh, um, smoked turkey uh, recipe with that. And like mine got a little too salty on the 
take you know take that down a notch next time. But um, it was fantastic, man. So um, it's nice like eating like eating game like shortly after you've taken it. So for sure, for sure. Well, awesome. So as always, make sure you do your research. Uh, there's not much. Uh, better research and getting boots on the ground and being out there, but make sure you uh, get involved in associations as far as uh, new hunter programs that your state wildlife management agencies and uh, wildlands management agencies offer. There's North American Wild Turkey Federation. There's our personal favorites. I think I will speak for both of us, backcountry hunters and anglers. Uh, there's Ducks Unlimited, there's uh, Pheasants Forever, there's uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, if I didn't already say that. There's a million different ways to get involved and also a million different resources to do your research. Um, I use technology a lot for that and the internet is a beautiful thing. Be careful who you trust, but there's a lot of information out there. So uh, make sure that you're getting involved, doing your research, getting your boots on the ground. Thank you to Craig Minowa and Cloud Cult for letting us use the song Running with the Wolves as the intro and outro to our program. Sharpen your teeth, dig deep, get out there. Cubicles and little flaming pies